Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fitness Philadelphia podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Herding, and I have the absolute pleasure of talking to Philadelphia's best sports medicine physicians, physical therapists, strength coaches, and personal trainers. These movement professionals are the leaders driving the healthcare revolution in the Philadelphia region. During each episode, we gain valuable insight into how these individuals are changing the game. Please stop by precisionperformancept.com backslash fitness with a PH Philadelphia to subscribe and learn more. Hi, I'm Dr. John Harding here with the Fitness Philadelphia podcast. Welcome back, everyone. And again, thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys so much for spending your time with me. Today, we have our special guest, Dana Watson. And Dana is very unique, and she's established herself as an authority in multiple aspects of fitness and nutrition. And and she's really immersed herself in trying to be the best that she can at helping to guide people through both of these spaces in the best way possible and, and, and fostering a supportive environment to help move people along and often a space that can be intimidating, both as people take on uh, what seemingly could be a daunting nutrition program, as well as entering kind of some uh, a new gym and a new space. So Dana, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course. Without, I, I'm typically not introducing people with a bio because I just feel like you'll give a better bio than than I can give. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, about you, what got you started in the fitness space, kind of how you got to be where you are, and just give us a brief introduction of, of who you are and how you came to be where you are. Sure. I really didn't grow up very athletic at all. So I basically, I was a cheerleader in high school. And after high school, I didn't really work out. Working out was lifting the beers and the drinks and stuff, you know, into my 20s. And then I think I started just that I need to work out. I don't really know what the driving factor was. But I ended up at a Globo gym and having no idea what to do there, having no one to show me the ropes or anything really like that. So that was that didn't last too long. I had a friend who I've known for several years who tried to get me to come to CrossFit. And I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to do CrossFit. It's not my thing. And he was like, you're really going to like it. And I said, no, I don't, I don't think so. That's really intense. I'm, I'm definitely not ready for CrossFit. So it took probably three or four months of him trying to get me to go. And I finally said, you know what? Fine. You keep talking about it, as does every CrossFitter, right? And so I decided to go. And I loved it, just like pretty much everyone else does. You give it a try, you fall in love, you join the cult, and, you know, the rest is history. So got into CrossFit. I did CrossFit for a few years. I think I ended up doing I, – I was doing CrossFit for about eight months or so before I started getting into the coaching aspect of it. And the coaches uh, at the gym that I was going to, they suggested that I, you know, go to get my L1 and start coaching. So that was really exciting. I was super stoked to do that. I got my L1 and I started coaching on my own about a year after starting CrossFit. So after that, you know, we started talking about nutrition within the fitness space and within CrossFit itself. And the paleo diet is really big. Really, It was really popular then for CrossFitters. And this was probably, I don't know, I'm really bad at years, but probably around like the 2016 timeframe mm-hmm. was when I started. So 
Yeah. And then we started talking a lot about nutrition. We did the uh, the whole 30. We tried that. We, you know, just got everybody in the gym to join together and do this, you know, together. Not only are we working out, but we're eating a certain way and we're seeing some results. So that's when I really learned that you can transform your body through what you eat and by working out. Mm-hmm. So it was, I was like, I was having this aha moment of it's all encompassing. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. So what drew you um, to the coaching part? So you were in the CrossFit for about eight months. And then what drew you to kind of delve more into the coaching part of it as you got more in- ingrained in the community? I think, you know, I've always had a little bit of a leadership perspective and outlook on things. I was one of the uh, captains of cheerleading. And I just kind of had that that mom role, you know, that coach role. So I, I think it was like a natural fit. Uh, I was already trying to help people in movement and help people and help coach people without being a coach yet. I was helping them with their technique and helping newcomers, you know, figure out the ropes and stuff. So it was a little bit like natural for me to jump into that coaching role. Okay. And then now, was that kind of the same transition that helped you get into some of now the nutrition stuff where you're you're seemingly starting to focus a lot of your energy? Yeah. So there were a few years that passed between CrossFit and where I'm at now with nutrition coaching. So I, through CrossFit, I fell in love, absolutely in love with Olympic weightlifting. And CrossFit definitely dabbles in Olympic weightlifting, but I love the technicality of that. So I pursued Olympic weightlifting. I left CrossFit for a little while and ended up getting my L1 and then my L2 with. While I was doing Olympic weightlifting, I decided to hire a nutrition coach myself. And through that process, I think I worked with her for probably nine months. Mm-hmm. It was, all, it was definitely almost a year, so maybe 10 months. And I learned so much about myself, my body, my performance, my mindset. So, and coming from a, having had very disordered eating and very disordered views on myself growing up, it was a blessing to have someone else kind of show me like what I should be eating and how to fuel my body properly for what I'm putting it through. So that's kind of where I started like figuring out, okay, I worked with a nutrition coach for this long. I'm really interested in this. This is fascinating to me. So why not learn more and try to do this myself? I love that. That's great. And now you've meshed your background in coaching with nutrition. And I know now you're coaching at CrossFit Kennett Square. I am. Yep. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing there coaching-wise in both the fitness and nutrition realms and any special programs that you're running. Tell me about how you've kind of started to mesh the two together within that fitness community. Yeah, so I stepped into CrossFit Kennett Square through, it was a connection at work. So I work part-time at Lululemon, right? Mm-hmm. Our our job there was is to make community connections. And one of the community connections I made was the owner of CrossFit Kennett Square. His name is Everett Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I dropped in, I took a class. I was instantly impressed with the gym and the size, the community, the class itself was really impressive to me. So I was like, oh, this is, this is a great spot. So anyway, 
fast forward a couple months, I got back in touch with Everett. I didn't, I didn't go back in. It was, you know, it's a little bit of a drive for me, like 25 minutes or so. So it's not as convenient, but I ended up getting back in touch with Everett. He saw that I was uh, a nutrition coach on Instagram and he was mm -hmm. like, Hey, I want to talk. And uh, so we met up for coffee and basically he was looking to bring on another CrossFit coach, a nutrition coach, and you know whatever else he can he can be. It's a it's a growing gym. So yeah, I was definitely on board, and I came into it uh, thinking that I was going to be coaching CrossFit classes because that's what I did in the past. But I learned pretty quickly in going through the the coaching internship with him that I was I was not feeling it and I felt yeah. so bad to tell him that I was like you know what my heart like I'm not excited to coach the group classes but you know what I do love I love nutrition and I love one-on-ones so he introduced me to uh the fundamentals program which is their on-ramp style so anyone who is going to be starting CrossFit for the first time, or maybe it's been several years and they forget some of the movements. It's basically like an intro to CrossFit. And they, the way that we run it is it's four one-on-one -on -one sessions uh, with a coach where you break down and, and learn all of the movements. We take you through all of the movements, teach you some stuff, take you through a workout each time. And then there are two in-class sessions. So class is going on, you're joining that class as a newcomer, but you have a coach right by your side who is helping you modify that workout, telling you where the equipment is, which is something that I've never seen. I, I know other gyms do it, but I personally haven't seen that. And mm -hmm. I, I love that. I think that's really cool to take. They're trying to take the intimidation factor down to a minimum. Mm -hmm. You can't say you're going to take it away because it's still CrossFit, but they're trying to minimize that for sure. And I think it's going really well. So I'm coaching the fundamentals, which I love, the one-on-one, -on -one, the beginners. And I am running nutrition programs there. I love it. And I love to hear how they're reducing kind of that barrier of entry for a lot of people when, like you said, like CrossFit can't, gyms in general are intimidating for a lot of people. And then CrossFit, I think sometimes, you know, they get a bad rap and I think sometimes they can be a little bit even more intimidating. So I love to hear how they're taking that extra step to be more inclusive and help people feel less intimidated in, you know, kind of this like CrossFit setting. It's great. So now with that, that seems to resonate with you a lot of like the one-on-ones helping to help people improve through both the fitness and the nutrition. What have you found? You know, you, you, you said you got back into stuff. What's been your main motivation as you found that you do like the one-on-one -on -one coaching and you do like helping people with the nutrition stuff? What's been your main motivation for now crafting your career in these directions? I don't know if I have a main motivation. I mm -hmm. think I I love hearing people's stories. I love trying to like dissect where they feel as though they're stuck and where they feel as though they've tried X, Y, and Z in the past and it hasn't worked. So, you know, they kind of give up a little bit or they at least give up on an aspect of their uh, of their journey. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's everyone's a puzzle. Everyone's got puzzle pieces and it's just how to fit them together, which piece is missing and finding those missing links essentially. And uh, I don't know, I think I'm motivated just by the people and, and teaching people and seeing them have those aha moments of, you know, 
this can work and following a program can work and I I can learn how to snatch and I I can lose weight or build muscle, you know, all of those things. So mm-hmm. So so I hear in there like maybe it's the power of connection that you like making the connections with people and if I'm wrong tell me, but it sounds to me like you just like to to connect with people and you're like delving into who they are and the psychology of of entering a gym space and movement and, and how that impacts the progress that they're making. Yeah. I love people. I love people. I, I do. Yeah. And it sounds kind of like corny, but I love having conversations with people. And I love just like people who are nice and who are themselves and mm-hmm. not trying to put on a front because I never do that. I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> I have to be myself. Absolutely. Okay. So how does, how do now has that impacted how you've started like your nutrition business and how you bring people into your business and then how you make sure that you found the right people to work with in your nutrition business? Yeah, that's been a lot of trial and error, just mm-hmm. like nutrition itself, right? It's always trial and error. It's, it's those puzzle pieces again, basically. So my I started 360 Nutrition, which is my business, right in the beginning of, is it the beginning of, no, it was, uh, yeah, beginning of COVID. The past couple of years have been a whirlwind, right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> so I started the beginning of COVID. I got my certification through Precision Nutrition, mm-hmm. and I knew, I didn't really know who I wanted to work with. I think I went through the beginner mentality of, oh, I can help everyone, you know, mm-hmm. and Although coaches may be able to help a wide variety of people, I think it is very important to niche down and figure out who aligns with you and who you'll align with. And I still haven't gotten all the way there yet. I haven't figured out exactly who my like perfect client is um, or who my most ideal client is. But I find myself working very well with people who are in the fitness space in some aspect. I have worked with people who don't work out at all or who haven't worked out in 10, 15, 20 plus years. And I just, I think my personality and uh, my passion is combining both the fitness and the nutrition. So I don't know. I, I do really enjoy working with the people who who want to take care of their bodies. So yeah, the fitness space is huge for that. So then where have you found, like, what are some of the basic tenets of your program where you found the most success as you've gotten someone into your your system? Do you focus on certain things? Is it more of the psychology of making decisions and making the correct choices, you know, or surrounding yourself with the type of people you want to be around? Or like, what is what are some of the main tenets of your programs, whether it's teaching the fundamentals and lifting or, you know, whatever fundamentals in nutrition Give me some some insight into, you know, how you've crafted some of that. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Rise Education Platform. Rise stands for Rehab Integrated into Sports Education. We offer solutions for business owners who want to bring more athletes into their practice, as well as clinicians to help them better understand how to integrate sports performance metrics into the rehab setting. Our 12-week master's class for clinicians offers solutions for clinicians to begin to implement these ideas right away. And our business mentorship helps business owners figure out the solutions that best suit their business's needs. Visit sportsrehabeducation.com for more information. Yeah, so I have a pretty lengthy intake form. 
So I ask a lot of questions and I think, you know, there are coaches out there that will ask you, what's your height and weight? What's your goal weight? And how are you going to pay? Yep. And it's so much more than that. Right. I, I ask a plethora of questions. Uh, from there, we have a conversation and I think that's really important because I want to see how, like how we interact together and, mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to be very honest because that's just who I am. And I'm going to tell you like, okay, your goals are not realistic at this time. Or like, this is how, how can we change those goals to make them smaller so that you do feel happy when you hit those little targets, right? Instead of setting this like gigantic goal that might take a year plus to achieve. So I think it's important to set expectations and realistic ones. So I do that. We have the conversation. There have been people that I didn't mesh with. And we, I have not taken, I think it was like one or two people. It hasn't been many, but there was one or two people that I haven't taken on. There have been others that need to work with a registered dietitian. And I've referred out in that respect. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you know, I allow them, I open the space for them to ask as many questions as they want to or need to. And then from there, it's like everyone needs to be coached differently. Some people need a lot of motivation and a lot of encouragement and a lot of like that pep talk, right? Yep. Some people don't need that. They just need the straight stuff. And they just need like, okay, you can do this. And you know, if you missed, uh, missed some goals or missed some targets or whatever the case may be, you know, how can we just break those down, make them a little bit easier? So I like to coach in a sense that makes things easy. Like I always focus on drinking more water. That's the one thing that mm -hmm. people are not doing enough of. And it's crazy to me how many, how many people are going around dehydrated. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's like number one for me. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think you mentioned something in there. The relationships often are huge because just because you've you've failed with a nutrition coach or a physical therapist or a personal trainer or whatever in the past, like doesn't mean it's not the right thing for you. Maybe it just wasn't the right fit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I think there it's like any relationship in life. Like you just have to find the people that understand you, the people that you mesh with, the people that you can have open, honest conversations with, that you feel like you can have those conversations with them. And sometimes it you know, it's okay if it's not the right fit. And that's why I think we all have this network of people where I've definitely referred to other physical therapists before because it wasn't the right fit. And it sounds like you've referred out to other nu nutrition coaches and um, nutritionist. So I think it's okay to not take a client on. Like I understand the the economics of needing to pay bills and all of that, but I think it's just, it's good juju, good karma, whatever you want to call it. It's like by doing right by the person first, I think it just always comes back around to you. And you're not going to lose a referral because you're sending someone somewhere else. They're going to appreciate that you got them to the place they needed to be at that point in time. And from there, they got the results. But they're not going to resent the fact that you sent them away just because you didn't feel like it was the right fit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it always, it ends up working out better in the long run that way too. It saves, you know, some frustration on the client's end and it mm -hmm. saves some headaches on on my end, you know, potential headaches on my end. So it's it all it all works out. Everything works out. Absolutely. Whereas if it was a, you know, contentious relationship for three months before you guys fired each other, you could have 
and you're not getting a referral from that, if you just very quickly, this isn't going to be the right fit, here's a person that might be a better fit, then you're getting a referral and both people are happy with the relationship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love it. Good stuff. Um, so as you're, so you said water and getting people to drink water is one of the main things that you do very, it's a quick, easy thing. What are some of the other quick tips that you give people that are like easy, low hanging fruit that can make, help people see a lot of change very quickly? I think, you know, one of the things is people often focus on low calorie and mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that you have to focus on low calorie, but, you know, focus on simple ingredients, focus on low ingredients instead of low calorie. There's a lot of whole foods out there shopping just the perimeter of the grocery store rather than all of those aisles in the middle. There's a lot of whole foods out there that aren't being eaten. So increasing the whole foods, increasing the fruits and vegetable intake learning to cook meals at home or learning how to batch cook things. I think that's really important. And a lot of people are worried about uh, the cost of eating healthy when really it's costing you so much more to not eat healthy because not only are you getting in your car, you're spending that gas money, you're spending the money at the restaurant or the drive-thru, but you're also paying for it in the long run. With your So I think it's super important to focus on the things that you have at your disposal, first off, like, you know, everybody knows that a salad is healthier than a pizza, but are you really going to give up the pizza to eat the salad all the time? No, you're not. And that's fine. Like, I'm not about that life. I'm not about the restrictive diets or the elimination diets. Been there, done that. Mm -hmm. I actually gave up pizza for a year, which was the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I couldn't do that. Yeah, no, nope. I don't recommend it. It's not it's not fun. But I just I don't want people I think one of the main things for me, I don't want people to think that they have to give up everything that they love. They don't have to give up the pizza or the wine or, uh, you know, the ice cream with their kids. Like, that's not what it's about. It's not about taking everything out. It's about what can you add to make it a little bit healthier, a little bit better for you, a little bit more nutritious. Well, I think you said a couple things in there that are what makes nutrition just so daunting and scary for a lot of people. I, I, I think at its root, eating better is not hard. And I think most people know what they need to do, right? Yeah. I think, I think so. when you get into the psychology of the restrictive diets or, you know, I, just, I, I think people overcomplicate it. And I think that's what makes it difficult when you start to overcomplify and you take away the simplicity of just, you know what you need to eat. You need to keep the plate colorful. You need to eat less food, not eat in front of the TV, like some of those easy things as well. Yep. Um, I think the the simplification of what you need to do and, and not focusing on restricting yourself, right? Because then you get into some of the language things like, oh, I can't eat that right? You get into, oh, I, I get to have this today because it's my cheat day. And I think then you start to get into the language and people, it's a lot of, there's a lot of negative talk around nutrition, I think. And, oh, and yeah. when it really should be this positive food is fuel. Reward your body for, for working hard in the gym or working hard at work, whatever that is for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to reward it with food. And a reward doesn't always have to be a sweet treat. It can be like, you know, giving yourself a really healthy meal and thanking your body for, for carrying you through this day. 
hundred percent. And having that attitude of gratitude to is really, it's going to help all aspects of life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you said something about negative talk and everything and, and making it difficult. And I think there's a lot of comparison out there right now, especially with social media being so prevalent, but mm. there's a lot of comparison and, you know, there's a lot of girls out there, not just girls or women or, you know, whoever, but people out there are saying, oh, this diet worked for my neighbor. My neighbor lost 35 pounds in like a month, you know, mm -hmm. and they're going to go out and in turn, they're going to try that diet. Mm -hmm. And that diet is generally a fad diet. You're eliminating something. You're eliminating dairy. You're eliminating sugar. You're eliminating carbs. You're, you know, you're making it more difficult on yourself. It doesn't have to be that difficult. It, it really doesn't. I don't disagree. And, and how many of those people three months later have gained that weight back? Right. Exactly. Right. Once you end that diet, once you've, once you've reintroduced the food, if you don't know how to reintroduce the food properly, then of course that weight is going to come back. Yeah. And, and you have, and then, yeah, I just think you haven't created this healthy relationship with food. And I, and I think at its root, it's, it's calories in calories out. I mean, there's definitely hormonal issues and meds that come into play sometimes for some people, but at the very root, it's calories and calories out. And we're just in the society where everything's so easy to come by. And we just, it, we don't even know sometimes when we're getting into the processed foods and that high sugar and, you know, the calories that are, are in these foods. We, and we tend to eat them because food companies know how to play into our primal, you know, cravings. Yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, it's so, actually neurological. 100%. The sugar and the salt and the sodium and the preservatives and everything. I mean, have you read the book Salt, Sugar, Fat? Not yet. Mm -mm. It's a good one. I can bring it in for you. But yeah, like food companies are smart. They know how to play to our primal cravings, right? And Absolutely. Um, and I think at the very root, and I think that's why Precision Nutrition is so good, your, your certification is because it focuses on the psychology of eating above thinking about elimination, eliminating things or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. And it's even, although it is calories in, calories out, I don't think it's, imp it's not imperative for people to count calories. It's, I, I don't yeah. work with people on counting calories and not even all of my clients are counting macros. So, you know, I think there's definitely a way that you can eat healthy and you can make healthy choices mm -hmm. and not have to worry about that mindset of, oh, can I get this? How many points is this food? Or like, you know, yeah, I super one detailed. I 100% agree with that. I do. And I think that's where it just comes back to the root of like knowing the correct choices to make and then just kind of making them and not killing yourself if you have a Friday night where you're going out and you're having fun and eating the shitty food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That shitty food tastes good. <laughs> it absolutely tastes good. But if, but if you're eating, you know, it's like the 80-20 rule. If 80% of the time you're hitting what you need to hit and you're eating what you need to hit, like that 20%, which is a large number, like yeah. – is okay. Right. And right. the grand scheme, like most people, the majority of people do not need to fall outside of that 80-20 rule. They don't need to get 90-10. They don't need 95-5. They don't mm -hmm. need to dial it in that much. Right. It's a very small percentage of people that need to like really dial it in. So. Yeah. I agree with that. What are some other myths that you you try to dispel when someone first comes to you and they've gone through all the fad diets? Any other myths that are overarching themes that you see in a majority of your clients? I don't know about myths as much as expectations. A lot of expectations 
are not met because there is this misconception that you're going to lose a lot of weight very quickly. There's a misconception that your nutrition coach is going to work harder than you are, but that's not why we're here. That's not what, that's not why I do what I do. I do care a lot about my clients and sometimes, sometimes I feel like I'm working harder than they are, (laughs) but Mm. you know, it's, it's finding a balance and finding, setting the expectations so that they understand what realistic goals are. Mm-hmm. And I keep saying weight loss, and it's not just about weight loss. Sometimes people need to gain weight. Some people want to bulk muscle, but it's like expecting this to happen really fast. And it's like, you know, how quickly did you gain the extra 65 pounds? Did you gain those 65 pounds in a month? Probably not going to lose it in a month. Right. You know, it's, mm-hmm. It almost takes, I think I read somewhere, it takes almost twice as long to take it off than to put it on. I might be making that up, but I feel Mm. like I read it, so I'm not sure. Yeah. But it takes a while. You know, it takes a lot of commitment. It takes a lot of effort, but I still want to make it fun for people. So... So along those lines, what's the hardest thing for people to grasp? Like, so they've they've come to terms with whatever they need to deal with, and they they've gotten to the point where they've hired you. And then, what's the hardest thing for people to do initially when you make some of the suggestions that you do? I think there's a lot of excuses that come up, mm-hmm. and I think you know setting the basic. Um, you know, make your plate colorful, have at least two liters of water every day, you know, try to get as many steps in as possible, even though I don't really believe in the fitness tracker thing. It's, you know, try to move your body as much as possible. But there's a lot of a lot of different excuses out there, which I think is really interesting. So I try to like dial in on what the excuses really mean. Like, do they really want to move their body? Can they move their body more? Are they making it feasible for themselves? Like, You know, there's excuses about having a nine to five desk job. And there are ways that you can move your body more having a desk job. You can elevate your desk. You can have a standing desk if the office allows it, of course. Um, You can get up. You can have one of the tricks is like using a smaller water bottle or using just a cup and having to go and physically walk to refill that water bottle several times during the day, you know, using the stairs always instead of the elevator escalator. So there's always just little ways to combat those excuses, but it's also like finding out the the real, like, what's the real excuse? What's the real problem? Mm-hmm. Do they really want to do this? Oh, yeah, 100%. And that's delving into the psychology of you know, what helped them to get to wherever they are in the first place? And what do we need to kind of address there to really get them the change that they want? Right, right. Yeah. But you said something a couple minutes ago, too, about how like batching your meals and prepping your meals. I know like I, I'm now on a Thursday and I'm out of my meal prep and I'm probably going to go get something at the grocery store and that's not like it's quick something to heat up or go out or whatever. But um you know, how, how impactful have you found that in your practice and in, in helping people to kind of meet some of the goals that you're having for them? Is, is meal prep one of the tenets of your program as well? You had said that, mentioned that you do that as well. Yeah, I try to promote meal prep as much. Well, I don't, I don't love uh, meal prep 
in the true sense of like preparing every meal, you know, mm -hmm. like putting together the chicken with the broccoli and the rice and the potatoes, like all that stuff. So I like the term batch cooking better just because I find that it's easier for people. You don't have to sit there for hours on end and put together these individual meals for your entire week. Because what happens when you get to Wednesday, you know, lunchtime mm -hmm. and you're super sick of what you had. You didn't, you brought this lunch and you're looking at it and you're like, I don't want this. So mm -hmm. then you order Chinese food. Yeah. So instead of that happening, batch cooking, which is, you know, a sheet of potatoes, a rice cooker filled of rice, three different types of vegetables, two different proteins. This way you're getting a bunch of different variety and you can mix and match the day of and put that all into a container. Mm. Like figure out what you're feeling for that day, you know, and using different spices. Sometimes you want Cajun, sometimes you want Mexican, sometimes you want a little Italian seasoning. Mm -hmm. So it's like using those to your advantage to change up the flavors and to change up your meals. Yeah. Um, so making, I think, you know, variety, spice of life, like mm -hmm. everybody needs some variety and our bodies really like variety too, you know, yeah. especially in your business. I'm sure you see it all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to change up your exercises. You need to change up your, your rehab stuff. So you need to change up your nutrition too. You can't just eat the same foods every day. Your body's going to adapt. The body is wild. It's yeah. so much, it's so crazy smart that it's going to adapt pretty quickly to what you're giving it. So like change it up, add some variety. Yep. And I, th I think now that you say that that's where I've been most successful is when I, I cook multiple things and I throw them together versus trying to prep the same meal for five days in a row. Yeah. I think, right. yeah, hundred percent. And some awesome. people can do that, you know, five day in a row thing. You know, Angelo is one of those people. <laughs> An Angelo's. We don't need to get into him. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I, yeah, I, I, maybe for a certain population, but I think you're right. Like most people are going to want like the variety and they're going to want to change it up a little bit. And they're not, they don't want to be so structured in their, you know, their routine. They want a little bit of variation. Right, right. Absolutely. So now that you've had your practice, uh, your 360 nutrition for about two years, right? What are some, what's the biggest thing that you've learned to this point? I think the biggest thing for me is to never, to kind of like stay hungry for more and to never settle for, I know enough. I'm never mm -hmm. going to say I know enough because I may know enough for now or for some of my clients, but everyone is so different and they come to me with so many different, you know, puzzles, right? Mm -hmm. Just circling back to that. But I never want to say that I've learned enough. I always want to try to be learning more. So there's definitely things on my radar. Like I want to, I want to do some more certificate programs. I definitely want to learn as much as I can about, you know, different, different aspects of nutrition, about fitness, about psychology. You keep bringing that up and I'm super right. interested in that. Right. But yeah, I think there's a lot to learn out there and I just never want to stop learning to help people. Yeah. And I think that's the challenge. There's like so much to learn. And, and I yeah. think similar to nutrition and a client that might come into you that the task might seem daunting. Like there's so much to learn about nutrition. And, but really, and we talked about, you just simplify everything. Right. And because I've definitely like, as you're talking about all these certificates and what you want, like so much to learn, like I've definitely fallen into that trap of Oh, I have to learn everything and I just go crazy and then I never really let any of it sink in. So I think that's a good lesson maybe with how it seems like you approach the nutrition with making, you know, simple changes that people can hit like with regards to, 
you know, the water and and batching their their cooking. And I think that's great. I think it's great that you always want to keep learning because I think that's how we can best serve all of our clients. Right. right. And I think the the secret sauce is when you can combine the nutrition with the fitness, with the psychology to create a holistic program that to help people become very successful. And then you put them in a community like CrossFit Kennett Square where they feel supported. And then now you're just bringing it full circle and and they have everything they need to be successful. Yeah, exactly. They, they at that point, they just have to do the work. Right. Absolutely. I love it. Good stuff. So anything else you want to talk about before we get into this, this, our final five rapid fire <laughs> questions? I'm nervous. Uh, no, I mean, I think we covered, covered quite a bit there. What do you think? Absolutely. I'm good. All right. So this, this is just help give people more insight into who you are. It's fun. It's a good time. I'm bad at these. <laughs> uh, all right. So what would be your walkout song? Oh my God. I knew you were going to ask me this. I knew it and I didn't prep anything. And I hate this question so much. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> I don't know. I So how about we change it to what am I listening in my headphones for the gym? <laughs> sure. As you're walking into the gym to throw exactly. up. Well, you've weightlifted at a national level. What's right. the song you have before you step on the platform? I I don't know songs as much as I know playlists, and it's called Hype on okay. Spotify. But yeah, it's like a dubstep playlist. It Got gets it. Me, it gets me going. Love it. All right. What's your favorite exercise? Uh, Olympic weightlifting. Within that, the snatch. Gotcha. One food for the rest of your life. Sushi. Oh, what kind of sushi? It has to be a specific kind. No, I'm just curious. Oh, I don't know. I like a lot. Of, I like a lot. I like every place has different kinds. So like uh, spicy tuna is my go-to, like just basic roll. But anything with the misago or scallop, spicy scallop is a good one. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. You have, have you ever made, have you ever made your own? No, but my friend did. My friend Lauren actually um, caught fish. She went out fishing. She caught fish and she made a sushi and it was bomb. It was so good. Yeah. That, I highly it? recommend it uh, all the time. Really? Yeah. Where do you get your uh, sushi grade fish? Wegmans. Really? Okay. Wegmans has everything. It has the yeah. seaweed, has the rice, has the, the, it's good. Perfect. Yeah. What's your guilty pleasure? Ice cream. I don't know if that can be a guilty pleasure though, because we get it at least once a week. Well, along those lines, like what, what's your go-to? I like to blend uh, Oreo with coconut, or I always get two. I always get two different flavors. So chocolate chip with like butter pecan. I'm kind of old school with, with the ice cream. I do love butter pecan. Got it. And you live in Westchester, right? Yeah. So what's your go-to ice cream store? Either Jamelli's or Scoops. Jamelli. Jamelli's right. is so good. I can ride with both those places. <laughs> and then what's your favorite thing about the Philadelphia area? Mm, that's a good one. I like all the different communities, all mm -hmm. the different towns. I love architecture. So I love driving through, like if you drive through like Wayne area, Radnor, all of those old houses, I love seeing that because other cities don't really have that. There's so much history in Philly and mm -hmm. the surrounding area. So like I love even in Westchester, like all of these, uh, the building that I'm in, I'm living in is like 100 and, 150 years old, 180 years old, something like that. Yeah. So I like the character of the city. Yeah. I think we take that for granted sometimes just because 
but you really dial that in when you go to some of these other newer cities and you're like, oh, wait, Philly's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. All the brick and stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you for hopping on with us, Dana. Do you have any other closing closing thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. I think <laughs> I think we covered everything, right? Um, well, last thing, how can people get a hold of you? What's some of your contact information? Let everybody know how they can get a hold of you if they they just want to chat or they you know want to hire you for some of your services or yeah, where they can so find you. I have my website. It's www.360nutrition.com. All spelled out, not the numbers. I have Instagram, which is super easy to get in touch with me too. So it's at Dana Lee Nutrition. And if you are thinking, if you're in the area and you want to try out CrossFit for the first time, CrossFit Kennett Square is where it's at. So that's at CFKSQ, <laughs> whatever, all those acronym abbreviations for Kennett mm-hmm. Square. But yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. Well, Dana, we appreciate you for copping on. Um, this closes another episode of Fitness Philadelphia. Thanks again, Dana. We appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Hey, hold on a second. Don't leave yet. This is your host, Dr. John Herding, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fitness Philadelphia. If you did, I'm going to ask you to do three simple things. They take less than five minutes and they go such a long way. We really do appreciate it. Number one, please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to it iTunes, Spotify, or whatever it may be. Number two, please leave us a favorable review. Number three, share it. Put it on social media, talk about it with your friends, send it in a text message, whatever you can do to share this episode because we put a lot of work into it and we want to make sure as many people are getting the value out of it as possible. And lastly, if you'd like to learn more, please go to precisionperformancept.com backslash fitnessphiladelphia. Thank you so much. This is Dr. John Herding. This is Fitness Philadelphia, and have a great day.